everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies in Red. Phoebe here with Kristen and Sydney. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. We're really excited for this episode. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up for you. We are going to sit down with our special cat guest, Kat Ville, who is a senior athlete um, here at Dickinson and one of our friends. And we're really excited to sit down and talk to her, kind of pick her brain about different things just from another athlete's perspective. Um, obviously, our theme of our podcast is everything from an athlete's perspective, so it's going to be cool to have someone else other than us three to talk to and kind of just have an open conversation about our recent experiences, um, both at Dickinson and outside in the world. Yeah, and then from there, once we talk to Kat, we're going to talk about some of the headlines on the current NCAA March Madness, which I'm sure everyone is aware about, um, the comparison between the women and men's locker rooms, courts, differences, and what the athletes are receiving um, in like their swag bags, their weight rooms, and um, just stuff like that to talk about the differences that have been pretty dominant in the sports um, world this week. Yeah, and just a general update um, on a more Dickinson-related level. Dickinson spring sports have started this past weekend, which is super exciting. And I know we have talked to spring, or we're going to talk to a spring athlete this episode. But, you know, talking to other coaches in the past, I think everyone's, you know, just really grateful to be out there and get the opportunity. Um, baseball swept McDaniel with two wins and men's lacrosse to beat Daniel, which is super exciting. So, I'm personally really excited and happy for the spring sports teams who get to play and get the opportunity to um, do this, especially during COVID times. And um, I know as the school has put a lot of effort into making this school and the conference have put a lot of effort into making spring sports happen, which I'm super excited about. Okay, and now it's time for our spoon sponsorship. Why cut your portions down? When you're hungry, you want something that is filling and delicious, right? Well, Spoons Cafe believes in cutting the chemicals, not the portions. Located at 57 West Pomfret Street in downtown Carlisle, Spoons offers great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are tasty, good for you, and will fill you right up. Stop cutting down the size of your lunch and instead get a delicious lunch today at Spoons Cafe. Open six days a week, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Spoons is the perfect spot to enjoy a great tasting lunch today. Good. And now we're back with our guest, Catville. She's a senior pitcher on the Dickinson softball team, as we mentioned before. Um, and it's just cool to have another athlete's perspective um, on this podcast this week. So we're just going to talk to her a little bit about her experiences, about her years, and during the pandemic. Um, so we can start with the first question. How has it been being back on campus? Hello. Um, so it's definitely been different, um, but I kind of knew that coming in um, and what to expect. But being here, it's definitely nice to be back um, and see the campus for one last time since we've been back, uh, gone for such a long time, a whole year. Um, and especially like back into the sport we love and seeing all my friends. Um, and like with being back early, me and Kristen came back in February. And that was weird being back with just like the freshmen and the, just the sophomores. Um, but now it's really nice having all like the seniors and juniors back and seeing all like familiar faces that I know and like walking to the cafe. And now I see someone that I've seen my whole years and like seeing that instead of just someone I like haven't seen before. But it's also been nice having um, some in-person classes because, you know, Zoom can get tiring. Um, but it's just like a different feel, but it's still our home. Yeah, definitely. I just got back on Sunday. So do you think that like kind of 
with everyone coming back in that wave, like it's starting to feel a little bit more normal. Obviously it won't be back to normal, but just a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And like, I started seeing people that it's been a whole year since I've seen them uh, or just like people that I would see in my classes, like people in my major mm-hmm. that I totally just forgot about. And then all of a sudden here, they're in my classes again and I'm passing them on the street or it's like a breath of fresh air. Like it's nice to say hi to them again. Yeah, definitely. I know I felt so grateful to be come back to campus in February and given that opportunity. I know being a senior athlete, I'm sure you'd love the opportunity to have this last sudden chance to play. How do you feel about getting back on the field and just going at it one last time? Yeah, I'm very happy that we like got this opportunity to like have our last um, go at it. And especially just to like finish out with the people that I've been with for three years um, and just to like say goodbye to like our coaches and like the feel of the game. Um, Cause I know this, like it's the last time I'll be playing like competitively like this. And I've been playing since I was maybe like five. So it's definitely sad, but it's also, I'm really happy that we got to have this chance. Yeah, I agree with you, obviously like playing together, but um, it stung last year, how we kind of like came back to campus and they told us you're going to have an extra week of spring break, but that turned into like our whole season being canceled. And then when we came back this semester, we weren't even sure if we were going to have one. Um, But I feel like we kind of tried to stay as positive as we could about having one. And even though it's modified, it'll definitely be nice um, to have some closure, like you mentioned. Um, But during that pandemic and like that time off, since you are a senior on the team and you have a strong role, um, how have you remained a leader during the pandemic as well as being on campus now? Yeah, I was about to like mention this, how it would have been weird not having this like last season and not meeting any of the freshmen. Um, And so like during the time of like the pandemic, like normally we have the fall to get to know our freshmen and get to know them better. And now it's like our first time seeing them in person. Um, And now we're supposed to get on the field and play with them. And like, we really lost that kind of personal connection. Um, But I think we definitely made the most of it. And we've been like doing some like bonding over Zoom um, and like reaching out to them and trying to do the best that we can to like form that team connection that we've always had. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know you guys did awesome um, our sophomore year with that championship. I remember living through that with uh, being friends with you guys. That was awesome. And then unfortunately the next year um, kind of getting that season taken away and then this year with the unknown, if you were going to have that senior year season. So that's a lot of your college career kind of in the unknown. So how, how do you feel that you were able to kind of keep that motivation going and like have that hope to keep going, I guess? Yeah, so I guess during the whole like pandemic time, I mean, everyone, it was hard for everyone in that you're having that much time off and no matter like what you do, you're not having those like pre-seasons and like getting back into shape like that. And so like I did things here and there. I played in like a summer league just to like keep myself on the field um, and keep my mind focused like on softball. But like nothing's like it when you're like in preseason with your whole team and like getting really into it. Um, but I think like our whole team has done a good job of like motivating everyone um, and just like the coaches, like understanding that it's going to take a little bit for us to get back into it. Um, and like once we get into games and stuff, but I'm so excited for us to play. I'm so happy that we get the chance to and I'm like really looking forward to our first game. And I think it's more like even our coaches are taking on like 
a fun mentality and a competitive one, but they also know that like, we're here to also like have a good time and like ride out one last season. Yeah, definitely. I th- feel like that's a, a common theme that we've seen in the coaches and other players we've talked to, you know, just like rolling with the punches and letting things come because you obviously can't control what's happening with COVID and what's happening off the field. So I think as a team, I really value that you guys are, you know, trying to focus on having fun and like sucking in every last moment of it. Yeah. And especially like, you don't know if one team's going to drop out because they have COVID and then you're down a game. So then you have like an off weekend. So you just kind of have to, or like at one time, maybe like a couple teams drop out. Um, so you kind of just like have to take it as it is and like, like enjoy each game for what it is instead of just like looking ahead. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if Phoebe or Sid, you guys know this, but like we have a 12 game minimum to reach the NCAAs. And obviously without any like centennial conference uh, tournament, we have to place first in order to go into like the NCAA tournament, which is super challenging. Um, and I think the coaches know that too, and are taking that into consideration, but yeah, we're trying to keep the, the competitive mentality, but having a good time at the same time. Yeah. And you also, we like been keeping in mind that we aren't the only ones who are in this boat. The other teams are doing the same thing and you have to like, remember that in the back of your head when you're like, Oh, this isn't going to go well for us. It's like, no, other people have been had the year off too. So just do the best you can. And like, no, there's no pressure for like a normal season, which is pretty nice to have that pressure off, but also still be like, have our competitive side and want to win. Yeah. That's awesome to have that balance. It definitely is good to kind of control the controllables, not to worry about what you can't control. And like you said, you don't know, like some teams might've had more or less practice in that year or so that you missed out on um, just depending on how their different schools handled the COVID situation, because it seems like a lot of the schools kind of had different ways of um, kind of handling it and different guidelines and stuff. So how do you feel that the conference as a whole, or even just Dickinson is kind of handling COVID and the guidelines that you have to follow in order to play? Yeah, I mean, honestly, at first, like, I just wanted to play. And so, like, with our the fall season being canceled, and I know with all the fall sports, but even just not having that time as a softball team, like, I was upset. And even, like, now, when they kept pushing back the decision, I was, like, I was getting upset, as, like, anyone would and our whole team was. But I try to keep in mind that this isn't an easy decision to make. Um, and everyone's been struggling with it throughout the country. And so I know that they were just trying their best to have us like play on the field and like we're given that opportunity. So I don't know. I'm grateful for what we have now. And I really hope that we can go through with it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that like not having a fall semester with students or athletics on campus definitely contributed to their decision. And I think the most frustrating part, like you said, Kat, was when they just kept pushing it back because again, it brings up the point of uncertainty and like, we just want to know because we do want to play. So yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Yeah. I think a lot of this has to just deal with like sacrifices. And I think, you know, I think as athletes, we're always making sacrifices on the field, off the field. And I think this season and this past year has been no different, you know, making sacrifices, life's not going to be normal, but I think you know, when you're a senior and you're about to play your last season with the sport you've been playing for like 15 years, I think 
you know, those sacrifices are worth it. And I think that's something to acknowledge during this time that they are worth it. And all of this will mean a lot to you in a few years when you can't play the sport that you're playing right now. Yeah. yeah. I know me and Kristen yesterday were looking at a video and it was a woman who was in her like thirties and she was like, don't remember, like, don't forget all the times that you had. And like, one day you're going to like wish you were back on that field. So like anytime you like, don't want to have a practice or you like, don't feel like going to a workout, just like, remember that, like, these are the times that are going to like make it worth it. And so like that kind of just like helped me think about like how to go through the next couple of weeks. Um, and if I'm ever just like thinking like, oh, this might get canceled at any second. It's like, well, I'm enjoying it in the moment. So why not just take it for what it is? Yeah, that was a deep video. <laughs> Very motivational. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It goes along the same theme. I feel like that a lot of our um, episodes had talked about just like taking, not taking things for granted and living in the moment that if anything, this year has taught us is those things. And um, it's even more so important in sports as we can see through all of our experiences. So definitely um, a good mindset that we all seem to have, which is really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, one of these topics that we're talking about today kind of does have to deal with, you know, women in sports and, um, you know, not taking things for granted. And, you know, we're going to be talking about the discrepancies among the men's and women's NCAA basketball March Madness and just um, the inequalities that have been shared on social media. And we just kind of wanted to know, like, what are some of your thoughts regarding this issue and um, what kind of hit home for you during seeing those posts on Instagram? Yeah, I guess what kind of struck me is that this is the goal to get to for like women's sports. It's like, that's where you want to be like the NCAA and to see how um, that being your goal and to see how women are treated at that level. Um, it just like hurts to see that they made it that far. They put in that much work. They put in the same amount of work as a men's team and they don't get half of what they've gotten um, regarding like the food and like the training room. Um, and there's no clear reason as to why those should be different. Um, they put in the same amount of work. So it just kind of, it struck me first and then it hurt me. Like at first I was shocked. I was like, what is it? Like, I didn't realize that was an issue. Um, and I'm glad they made it uh, known to the public and they like shared it with everyone just to be like, this is how we're being treated and it's not right. Yeah. I honestly didn't really know much about it either until like it kind of took, like started showing up on social media and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this is a lot bigger than, than you would think it was. Yeah. yeah. I think that it definitely was something that, like you said, Kat, like it's something the NCAA, like those championships, like that's what we're all reaching for in the end um, as college athletes, um, no matter what division we're at, but to see that at division one, like that is the top of it. And um, it's, yeah, it's hurt, hurtful, upsetting, like all, all the emotions that I think we all felt um, just because it was people of our peers, people our age that were experiencing that. But like, at least for me, it was like, oh, like that could have been me type of um, situation, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. And I know for like, especially with softball, there's no real, and like a lot of women's sports, there's no real um, like division to like lead up to, except for the NCAA in college. And so 
um, just to see how it was, they're treated in like that light and that being like our top goal, um, it really, it was upsetting. Yeah, don't worry, we'll, we'll cut that out, that silence. Um, think <laughs> um, you how to wrap it up. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think that ever more so in the collegiate level, like we all have to kind of bind together and that's why it was so important for them to share on social media. And then I know I saw my friends posting it, um, reposting it and stuff to get the word out. And that was one of those community um, type aspects that we were so lucky to have with sports. So um, we were able to bring that kind of to, to, for everyone to see and to see that it was a problem. Yeah, definitely. Well, we talked about a lot of interesting things with Kat. It was nice to have another perspective um, on the podcast, especially coming from a senior position um, and a spring sport, having that opportunity to play one last season is definitely something we've talked about a lot, just like cherishing the sport and what we've learned from it. So thank you for coming on with us this week. We really enjoyed it. Yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. <laughs> thanks guys all right everyone that was an awesome interview that we just had with Kat um and just really interesting to like we mentioned before to see that perspective and it was really cool to also start talking about some of the current events happening which we kind of want to dive in deeper to um in this next conversation all about the NCAA um specifically the locker and weight rooms and kind of the discrepancy and the unequal representation. Um, last episode, we talked about the unequal representation via media and sports coverage. Um, and it was literally right after we had recorded that episode, um, all of this came out and we were like, oh my goodness, we need to talk about this. This is what our platform is for. It's to bring this to light. And um, luckily within the time that that all happened, they did seem to, um, uh, kind of write themselves in a way. We'll talk about that a little later, but basically just to um, talk about that, what we were all seeing on social media. Did you guys see that? I saw the TikToks, the Instagrams, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I saw it like all over like TikTok. Um, and then eventually it was showing up on my Instagram and like people would repost. I think it was an Oregon player um, mm -hmm. who, I don't know if she was the first one to really start posting about it, but she showed like the weight rooms. And then I also saw um, one TikTok. It was interesting because it was from a division two perspective and they were playing in like a ballet auditorium. I think it was that they mentioned, whereas like, and they were only given 36 tickets a team. And then like the men were playing in like a stadium arena with like 11,000 seats and were given a percentage of a capacity that they could fill. So I think that's like what stood out to me the most was like actually being able to see it. Yeah, I think, you know, I re specifically remember just all of a sudden seeing people, especially female athletes reposting this post of just a picture of like a stack of weights. And I was like, what does this mean? And like, this really goes back into what we were talking about a few weeks ago about the power of social media and how you know, social media is a platform for change. And just seeing that and reading that post, I was so much more educated on this because um, I feel like a lot of people just associate March Madness with men's basketball, which is clearly not the case. And I think that's one of the major issues with these discrepancies and inequalities. And I think 
you know, in that moment, I was grateful for social media because it's something that I probably would have never noticed. You know, this is like the behind door inequalities that we don't see every single day. You know, you're not seeing how many fans they have. You can see that in a game. You can see, you know, what they wear for like their gear, but like you can't see, you know, what they eat every day, what equipment they have access to on their off days. And I think that's a situation where social media really, you know, had a lot of power. And I think a lot of people are knowledgeable about this situation now and like want to promote change for it. Yeah, absolutely. At least for me, the first one I saw was a TikTok from a girl who was on the um, Oregon basketball team. And I actually have uh, um, one of the girls from um, my hometown area is on that team as well. So she was in the TikTok and it was the it, one of them was her directly showing the differences between the two weight rooms and and then that was the picture of the few weights. I, I think they had like a dozen weights and some yoga mats where as the men's team had racks and dumbbells and ample space, ample things to be able to train and work out um, in preparation, whereas the girls had such little. And um, the NCAA actually responded claiming that the women received the smaller gym because in that facility, there was less space. Um, there wasn't enough space then to give out everything and that they would get more space once teams were eliminated. However, there was a follow-up video that I saw on social media of um, this one uh, female athlete who was showing the panoramic view that it was the weight that was in front of her. And then she did a panoramic of basically um, like half of an auditorium that looked open, like, you know, one of those, like the convention centers, whatever, that was pretty large and just had like maybe a dozen chairs kind of circled up in the space. So they're clearly, my point in that and explain that is that it, clearly had enough space there was clearly enough space to put the same amount of equipment that the men's had they could have put multiple racks in the space that she showed that was just left empty so that's a really hit home for me that when the NCAA claimed that I was like hmm that's interesting they didn't get them a bigger space and then she showed that they had a bigger space they just weren't doing that and that's what really that like struck me that I was like how how could that like how is that a thing it's 2021 like what is happening so that was definitely the the biggest shocker for me. Yeah, and also just like, I know one of the articles I read compared the men's um, fitness center, you know, like the dumbbells, the benches, the racks, mm -hmm. stuff like that, similar to like your average size gym. So if I'm thinking of like the Klein Fitness Center, which is pretty big compared to like the, the female's gym, which obviously we've talked about just now with like the panorama where it shows just a few yoga mats, like a couple weights, stuff like that where they had so much more room. It's interesting to just see how it's like the men are compared to your average gym, but like the women, the women's gym is like completely empty basically. Yeah, I think this just like kind of all stems from the idea that um, like women don't really need to lift. And I know we'll get into this um, later on, just talking about some of the comments on the Instagram post that I saw, but you know, just the idea that, oh, women don't need to lift heavy to be good at their sport. Like they don't lift heavy at all. And I think this again, just reinforces that idea that women shouldn't be strong and shouldn't be athletic. They should be, you know, petite and not lifting and, but still be good at their sport. And I think just the fact that the NCAA did this is very like almost disgusting, but also it's just so uneducated. And, you know, I think that their excuses are kind of what underlie this inequality, because I think, in reality, they should have stepped up and been like, we screwed up, you know, we didn't 
we undervalue the women in this situation rather than saying, oh, there wasn't enough space. Well, why wasn't there enough space in the first place? Like, like, I feel like in that instance, like there should be equal amount of space on both sides, no matter money or whatever, there just should be equal opportunities on both. Um, just investing in equality is something that's super important. I think that these organizations like the NCAA need to prioritize. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's appalling. Um, and it's something like we mentioned with Kat that the NCAA championships, that's for most kids, that's the end all be all. Like that's what you're striving for because um, even though there is professional basketball, there still is a small likelihood that you are continuing to that. And also this sets a precedent that March Madness is huge. And if that is the inequality we're seeing in March Madness and imagine all the um, income that brings in that what, what's gonna happen with the NCAA soccer um, championship when that's kind of not as well watched and well viewed by the pub general public like what does that look like if this is what like the this I would consider it one of the top um, NCAA championship games that kind of everybody watches so I think it was definitely I you couldn't have said it better said that you have to invest in equality that it's something that they have to prioritize in um, even there was other things it wasn't just the weight room it was also the different um, things in their swag bags that all the players receive some kind of swag bag as they call it um, and the men received blankets bags hats snacks shampoos puzzles and like so much more whereas the women only received a small towel t-shirt water bottles a pair of socks and an umbrella and like a smaller puzzle like it just something that simple why is it not the same like it literally makes no sense it was all the same type of swag bag and the NCAA claimed it was because of the weather differences because there one is held in Indianapolis and one is in San Antonio. But just something to me, it just seems like that's such an easy thing to easily get double the amount of the same thing. Why go out of your way to order separate things just to make it more unequal because all the things they were given were gender um, inclusive. Like it wasn't like a specific male, specific female thing they were getting. It seems like it was something that didn't need to be unequal, if anything. And that on top of the weight room, on top of other things that we'll get to, it's just definitely appalling. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, I know in that same article, it kind of wraps up by saying that anything the NCAA does from here on out is because they feel pressured from any outside forces and that they have to um, make these changes so that people don't become more frustrated with them. Because I do feel like in a way the NCAA is thinking that like the men's March Madness will bring in more money for them if they broadcast it and stuff like that more than the um, female. But obviously it's the same thing. It's the same tournament, um, same milestone in both men's and women's basketball. So it's just important to create that equality amongst like the weight rooms, the things they're given and just like broadcasting and stuff like that because I know we talked about last time how I think it was like 40% of women are participating in sports but only 4% of those are actually broadcasted and stuff like that so I think that it's important to kind of create that change but yeah the NCAA is definitely probably facing a lot of pressure from from various uh different angles to create this kind of change yeah, yeah. I think like I think that a lot of the pressure that's going on, you know, I think, yes, like the NCAA should feel pressured, you know, like they were just brutally exposed on social media. Like they need to make change. Like if they don't change and like things aren't different next year, like as a 
basketball player, I wouldn't want to play or like have them make any money off of me playing in a tournament, even though it is the highest tournament. Like, I just think that it's like Phoebe said, appalling. And I think that they need to take the public pressure with grace and just take it as a learning opportunity. And obviously like, can't really point fingers at who, which person was responsible or which person decided this, you know, it's like, it has to be almost like a societal collective thing. You know, we've talked about this before, like just making it so that it's the norm and not the, not like a task, like, okay, well, we have to make the women's the exact same. You know, I feel like sometimes it's kind of like that with title nine, people think like, oh, well, you know, the women's has to be the same. Like if we get rid of this male sport, we have to get rid of, or if we get rid of this female sport, we would have to get rid of like another one. You know what I mean? And I think like, it just needs to be more, um, just accepted and just the norm rather than, you know, like having to face public pressure after making a mistake. Yeah. And I think it's a great opportunity to show that equality with basketball specifically, because it's one of the sports that when male and females play, it's the same type of game. Like with lacrosse, men's lacrosse is very different um, strategically and just rules wise than girls lacrosse or women's lacrosse. Um, But basketball, I don't know much about basketball, but I'm pretty sure that there's not much difference between the rules and regulations as far as the game goes. So why would anything else be different? I think this was an opportunity missed that it really hurt them because now it's like, oh, they're doing this because they have to, which on one side is a shame that that's how it is. But then on the other side, at least they are changing and they're not just denying, denying it. And because they can't deny it, there's literal photographic evidence, but um, at least there is change. And in the future, I'm sure they won't mess up again, but it then at the same time, like I just mentioned, it's a shame that it took this for them to realize that. But maybe that means we're, moving forward um, because they're not going to do that. And maybe other organizations will see the heat that they got and kind of think twice before they try to do something that's unequal or maybe kind of reevaluate to make sure it is equal. Um, So that's all we can hope for. But I just think one of the most amazing things is how powerful social media is. Like how crazy is it that literally within hours, we all knew exactly what was happening firsthand from multiple social media posts. And I remember, I think Sid mentioned earlier, like, people were reposting, um, like my friends, I was like just female athletes in general and just crazy that everybody was in the know and educated by it and was able to advocate for the equality. And I think that's why the NCAA made that change so quick is because simply because of the power of social media. Yeah, I think you don't necessarily realize how powerful social media is until something as big as this kind of like comes present and then it gets passed around and thousands of people are seeing it like within minutes of the first posting of it. So I think it can definitely be, social media can definitely be beneficial in that aspect. And then just like another thing that stood out to me, um, I don't know, this wasn't as broadcasted, I don't think, was the differences in the COVID testing because that's such a simple thing. And I feel like it's interesting to see that there are differences in that because to me, I feel like everyone should be tested the same way. Like it's COVID, like there shouldn't be any differences in that. And I know that the PCR was being used for men, which is, I guess, considered to be more reliable, whereas the women were using the antigen test. Um, And then if they had any problems with that, which they did experience a lot of false positives from the antigen, which would have been avoided with the PCR. Um, but when that happened, they used the PCR as a backup rather than just using that initially. So it's, that's like another interesting difference that stood out to me 
um, as like something that I feel like just should be the same, whether it's males or females, but yeah, that's a health thing. So that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it shouldn't change. And I think that it's interesting that almost, I personally think that not all of this would have come out so quickly without that social media push. And that wasn't even intentional. That was just some of the teammates being like, hey, look at this. And then people seeing it, I'm sure had similar reactions that we did. Like, this is shocking. I need to reshare this so everybody sees the inequality because that's not fair. We need to like kind of like make it this a big thing that everybody knows about because it's not okay. It was one of those things that chain effect that that's how everyone was posting. And then after the attention was brought to it, more and more things were kind of getting discovered, like the meals and the flag bags and the COVID tests and stuff that um, kind of weren't as obvious per se, because it was behind the scenes stuff, like even to the players, like I'm sure some of the players didn't even know the difference that they were um, being uh, treated unequally with the COVID test and the meals. They wouldn't have known unless they were in contact with the other players and stuff. So I think that it's just crazy. And with those posts, like there comes feedback too. Like Sid mentioned earlier, like the comments on the Instagram posts were absurd in my opinion. I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Yeah, I feel like that was the most startling thing for me. And I specifically remember on this day, like texting Kristen and Phoebe, I was like, we have to talk about these comments on this post because they're so absurd and just so like, like just reinforcing every idea we talk about every single week. Like, like one of them was to be honest, didn't even know there was a women's March Madness. Like, okay, that's just uneducation. Or like, I don't know why she's complaining because I know for a fact she ain't lifting as much as men. Like, to me, these are just reinforcing all the ideas that we've talked about that people are just so unaware of how much women are devalued in the sports industry. And I think they kind of, you know, fall into that category where they know that they're devalued and they kind of reinforce that idea and shape their opinions around it. And obviously, like Phoebe said, it was just, it's kind of absurd to think that like people actually think these things and are willing to comment them on this Instagram post, you know? Yeah, definitely. And like, I don't know the other one that we talked about is like now compare the skill levels and I think like that's an interesting thing because I don't know you could have a female basketball player who's better than a male basketball player like I don't that's just like a dumb comment to me and I know like just tying it in with softball um Jenny Finch obviously I feel like all, everyone knows who she is uh an amazing pitcher she actually went up against a bunch of um MLB players and she struck some of them out and they were like what the heck like this is so weird um I know like one of them was Albert Pujols and like Mike Piazza and she even faced Barry Bonds too so it's like really cool to see that like you can be on the same level there definitely might not be a difference in skill level so I think that comment just is kind of whack to me yeah I agree. And these are regular people, most likely just everyday people that like since that are very uneducated. I doubt these people are in the sports world because I think everyone that I've talked to in the sports world acknowledges the inequalities and acknowledges that there is differential treatment and stuff like that. So it's these people, these just people in the general public that are reinforcing this notion that women aren't as skilled as men or women um, aren't lifting as much as men or they um aren't playing as well like just all those false like notions that people are reinforcing because they don't know any better there's no education there's no 
um, because they're so divided, like in some ways it does make sense to have a men's league and a women's league just for biological reasons and various things, sizes, like obviously some men are taller and larger than the women. So that might not be completely fair, but like, like um, Kristen mentioned, like I'm sure if they were to play one-on-one, then the, uh, there's women that would beat out the men and that is totally normal, but the public doesn't see that. And the public even barely sees the women playing each other. Um, so one of the comments was, yeah, they also have 10 viewers. So, so that's right there, just devaluing them and just saying that, like reinforcing the fact that they aren't as important as the men. And that's just not fair because it's not true. Like they are doing it. We've mentioned this so many times, they during the same skills, the same training, same time put into it. Like if anything, they might be going through it harder because of all of the, um, haters for lack of better terms and people tearing them down and kind of like killing their self-confidence self-esteem just because of these like random comments and stuff and um I'm sure these girls are strong and kind of putting it to the side but it's that societal idea that we talked about that this is the problem that it's the media it all stems from the media not showing all the women's sports society thinking that men play the sports and women do it for fun and just all of that it's just I think we've mentioned before like the snowball effect and it just all intertwines together and this is just yet another example of the inequalities in the sports industry yeah and I think a lot of people's arguments are like well women don't make enough money for like in their at like in their you know like conference whatever like the women don't make enough money for their sports like this is why they aren't given the same things and I think like like I was saying before, I feel like it should just be a thing that you invest in equality, because I think that if you invest in these equal opportunities that women will do better. And I think it also goes along with just changing society's viewpoint on women in sports and making it so that I know we talked about it like last week or a week before, um, just about how like, you know, it should be a thing that people want to watch a women's game, but sometimes like that coverage isn't even given, you know, like your, your channels are just filled with the men playing and, I think a lot of that, you know, stems from like people thinking, oh, well, they just like don't make enough money because they don't have a lot of viewers. So they wouldn't get the same swag bags or they wouldn't get the same COVID tests because they don't make enough money for the PCR tests. Like, come on, like there's e- easily, there's be- definitely an easier way to invest in this inequality and, you know, change the NCAA has the opportunity to change the way that people think about women in March Madness as a whole. And I think that you know, I hope they take this opportunity and do so. So then women are more valued in this industry. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I, Phoebe, I don't know if it was you or Sid that mentioned it before, but like that the reason for the differences in the swag bags was because of the location of where the men and women were playing. Like that shouldn't be the reason why, like, I feel like that's almost like an excuse in a way, because like the swag bag should be the same. And then I know with like the COVID testing, the NCAA president um, said that the difference was because that the provider that's hired to do the testing um, was the reason And that in San Antonio, they had a lab specifically built for the PCR tests and they were processed very quickly. So like quick turnaround, everyone knew their results um, and whether or not they could play. And then, um, again, just like the females had to deal with the false positives, which just makes it 10 times harder and even more stressful when it's supposed to be like a fun and competitive experience because that's like as high as you can go at the collegiate level. And that's what so many teams dream to do. So it's just sad to see that there are 
appear to be like almost excuses for the reasons why there's an inequality, which just shouldn't be evident and that there shouldn't be um, any reason for it. Yeah. And I just think it's unnecessary. Like it's literally things that are totally controllable. Um, it's not like it's out of their reach. Like they could have just divided their funds differently and equally provided for both the men and the women. And I think that's one of the craziest things. Like how did it get to this point almost um, that it just imagine if they gave like the women like some really, really cool, like decked out um, weight room and place to stay and everything. And then all those girls were posting on social media of all the positives the NCAA was doing for them. Cause we all know if you were at that level you would 100% be sharing that with your social media friends. Like, look how cool this is. Like, thank you, NCAA, like, et cetera, et cetera. But instead they were putting it in a bad light as they should because it was unequal. Um, but the NCAA kind of made that decision to not make it equal. And then it didn't work out for them. They could have had a positive if they, it was equal. It was really cool for the girls. They could have been posting positive posts, but instead the NCAA, I guess, took the, cheaper route or the shortcut and didn't invest in their equality and did not kind of consider that, which is really a shame to think about considering we all play for the NCAA and that organization. Um, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well. So it's such a big organization. They have such, I think one of you mentioned, they have such a big impact and it's sad to see them not utilize that, but perhaps this kind of situation will change their mindset for the future. Yeah, and I feel like this inequality could potentially turn people away from wanting to play at the collegiate level, um, just because in addition to that, like, they're like, oh, like, if I make it there, it's not going to be the same as what you see on TV, like, stuff like that, when in reality, it could be. Um, so I think that's something that could definitely stem from that, which is definitely a major problem. Yeah, I think, as we said before, I think in this instance, the NCAA just has the opportunity to change things and promote change. And, you know, it's not like a cancel culture thing. Like nobody's canceling the NCAA. Like they're a big organization. They're not being canceled. Just I think people are demanding more of them and asking more of them to like, you can't point fingers at specific people. You know, you're pointing fingers at an idea, you know, inequality in women's sports. And I think that they have this great opportunity to do it. And, you know, this year is underway. Um, I know a lot of teams are doing really well and, you know, a lot of upsets are happening. And I think, you know, they have this opportunity for next year to do so and even in other sports as well. So I really hope that they take that and use it to their advantage. Yeah, exactly. The NCAA isn't going anywhere um, anytime soon that hopefully they take this as a learning point and, a turning point as well that they are going to strive to be equal in all aspects because if this is at the top level we don't want that to trickle down down to division two division three and then I would hate to see that like conferences start doing that because the NCAA just does it because they're who everyone looks up to that that organization that's who the conferences look up to the schools look up to so they're really setting the precedent and it's a shame to see that this is what happened but hopefully from now on and as next year rolls around and all of that, they'll really take a positive swing on it and be able to use their opportunity of the giant organization and the following they have, the reputation um, to promote equality. So hopefully we can see that in the future. Yeah, and I know like when we went to the 
the NCAA's um, sophomore year. We the field we played to or played on. We drove to Kentucky. The field we played on wasn't the nicest. Like there were like the grasses long, like holes, stuff like that. And it was just it wasn't the nicest. And I think they definitely could have done a better job of providing that opportunity because you don't know when you'll be back. Um, so you definitely want to give those athletes the best experience that you possibly can. And I don't think this is the only problem that the NCAA is facing now. Um, but it is definitely like a, a, a dominant one now, especially that so much awareness has been raised around it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, at this point, all we can do is bring it to their attention that it's a problem and just hope that they um, change in the future. And then hopefully with the NCAA changing and possibly promoting um, equality, then other organizations will hop on and hopefully move towards like a societal change like we talk about all the time. But um, it's definitely something worth talking about. And we hope that all of our listeners um, are now more educated on it than if you weren't before, because um, as we say, it's really important to be educated on these things and not just kind of put input into various things like those comments in his Instagram post without kind of knowing about um, the situation as a whole. So um, really glad we had this conversation and uh, I hope a lot of people can kind of get some takeaways from it. So on that note, um, we just want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Um, we will see you guys next week.